We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. And joining me today is a good friend of the show, Mr. Nick Kendall, who contributes for Mile High Huddle, covering both the draft and, of course, the Denver Broncos. Nick, thanks for taking the time to join me, man. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. I already complained about the heat to you too, a <laughs> little bit, but uh, getting really excited for Broncos training camp, kind of getting started here, and uh, jam-packed August. I know you and I don't think see eye-to-eye on the outdoor activities as much but i'm I got three backpacking trips uh doing the east side of the wonderland trail which is about a 20 mile day hike so uh excited for august yeah i'm not a super avid uh mountain person i will go like from time to time uh you know especially to escape the heat like we, we have yeah. been so um it's just not something i actively seek out but i, I enjoy it when i do go but the bugs and all that stuff it, it, it gets a uh, it can get you a little bit yeah, it can, but I'm from the Midwest. The mosquitoes are worse there, and also the the ticks. So uh, I'll take yeah. the uh, Pacific Northwest bugs over that NBA. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, really excited to have uh, Nick on tonight, of course, to talk about the Denver Broncos, everything that's been happening in the offseason, what he's kind of looking forward to uh, in training camp, and, of course, you know, some AFC West hierarchy talk. So it uh, should be a good conversation. We'll do this, of course, with uh some of our friends from uh raider nation as well as chiefs kingdom so it should be a fun couple of weeks there uh as we get started here so nick uh first things first i think obviously the big domino that started the whole crazy offseason of course is the trade for russell wilson the quarterback uh drew lock noah fant and shelby harris heading to seattle um so i guess my first question obviously you've had a, a lot of time to simmer on on that move, on the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett. I think from an outside perspective, I am super curious to see how Wilson and Hackett will be able to kind of, you know, meld their brains together, if you will, how that relationship is going to be between the quarterback and the and the play caller. What have you guys been hearing and what's your expectation there for how Hackett will kind of adjust to Russ and Russ to Hackett? Uh, it does. They keep saying that they're it's a lot of cliche stuff, but they're going to meld uh, both of their concepts together, what they like to do. And uh, me probably just being the, the scientist I am always, you know, a little bit skeptical. Maybe that's also going through the last six years of uh, watching the Broncos. Oh, yeah, we look great again. We're back to being contenders. OK, uh, we'll see. But um, 
uh, definitely uh, excited to see what it looks like and excited to see what kind of solutions Hackett can bring to Russell Wilson. That started to be some issues for him late, uh, recently in his career. It's always been an issue, you know, the short middle of the field pass game, but uh, very reliant on the explosive pass play. But haven't really seen so much of the uh, outside zone RPO centric game with Russell Wilson. I'm curious if the quick pass, the speed outs and whatnot can somewhat help Russell Wilson. And uh, one thing Denver is going to have going is a very good uh, running back duo. If you can't work that quick pass game, a la the quick, quick short pass game, a la Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning, you need a strong run game uh, to get teams to kind of not live into that too high safety shell world so that we can get those more likely uh, explosive plays down the field. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams should allow Denver to do that somewhat. We'll see how the offensive line comes together, but uh, feel pretty good about it overall. Just uh, so many question marks. And right now, you know, it's all not to be put on my, let me take off my scientist hat and put on my lawyer hat. A lot of hearsay right now. I want to see what it all looks yeah. like uh, before getting too hyped about what it actually is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's totally fair. You know, I'm glad you touched on, you know, the running back situation there. Cause I think that is important playing to Russell's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. Um, I guess the follow-up question there is how concerned are you about and how concerned are Broncos fans about 2021 kind of being who Russ is going to be going forward or it was that just kind of a an aberration one year sample size not healthy um, how, how confident are you guys that he will be able to kind of recapture the 2020 magic when he was an MVP candidate for you know the first 10 weeks of the season Man, it's pretty hard to say uh, for Russell Wilson right now. And part of that, you know, being an MVP candidate is the old guard has kind of started to diminish. And there's some new young quarterbacks, which you probably know a thing or two about that. Uh, While Russell Wilson is still going to be pretty darn good, um, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and for even further Patrick Mahomes have really Lamar Jackson. I mean, really established themselves as some incredible fun young quarterbacks. So I think Russell Wilson's still going to be good. Is he going to be a top five quarterback this season? I mean, that's the difference between an AFC West contender Broncos and a playoff wildcard contender Broncos. But I definitely think he'll finish off in the top 10 this year. I would say for the most part, Broncos fans are totally, you know, there's no way everybody's sleeping on Russell Wilson. They're just haters. He's going to become a top five quarterback again. But uh, after having been sold the cup of, you know what uh, that was, you know, Joe Flacco's <laughs> entering his prime case. Keenum's a franchise quarterback. Trevor Simeon's got the arm of the gods, a drew lock, whatever. Um, I don't really care. I mean, I kind of, I keep hearkening it back to uh, the, the Bengals as well. Uh, last year, you know, getting into the playoffs and getting hot and going all the way to the Super Bowl, You have a, a ticket to the dance when you have a franchise quarterback and the Broncos, all they have to do get in and a uh, single elimination tournament, anything can happen. So they, they actually have a chance. Now there is a reason for legitimate belief in this team when you have a quarterback of Russell Wilson's quality. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally fair. I mean, you're talking about it. Even if Russell Wilson is a top 10 to 12 guy, a massive improvement over what, you know, you guys were dealing with, of course, with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke over the past few years. And uh, the Joe Flacco thing, I, I forgot about that for a hot second. The, I mean, entering his prime comment from John Elway there was, uh, was, yeah. was fun. Um, all right. You mentioned the offensive line. Of course, uh, everybody who listens to the show knows I'm a big trench guy. And I'm so curious about this group. Because all like for the most part, all of these players who are are you know drafted into the situation, signed into the situation, you know they're drafted to play a gap and power scheme of recent years. Outside, of course, Billy Turner, the recent addition, um, you know Nathaniel Hackett reportedly wants to do a lot of the outside zone scheme stuff. Uh, where are you at with the combination of offensive line players and the coaching scheme, kind of adapting to their skill sets and vice versa? 
Uh, Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reisner were both drafted for outside zone centric schemes when they did come to the Broncos. Uh, okay. So those are two guys to keep an eye on. I would say that Dalton Reisner's best year of his career was his rookie year when the Broncos were working that outside zone under former offensive coordinator uh, Rich Gangarella, who is now uh, with the Kentucky Wildcats. So uh, definitely some guys you could think that could uh, should, uh, in theory, you know, be able to work, in, especially Garrett Bowles. He's a little bit smaller for the left tackle position, but he's an athlete. Um, he can move in space, so uh, should be better there. A uh, big question there for the offensive line, though, is how good can he be? Because I think the offensive line probably does need to push that top 10 to top 12 unit to make sure this offense can be what it needs to be for Russell Wilson and whatnot, to make sure that teams are playing more cover one, cover three, getting guys in the box to get to seek those explosive plays outside the hash marks. So um, as much as many question marks are as, as there are on this Broncos offensive line, Outside of right tackle, which, uh, hello, everybody, you know, get in line. Right in the the division, <laughs> Unbelievable how bad the right tackle p- position is in this division. Uh, but other than that, I think this Broncos uh, offensive line, while I don't think they have the highest ceiling, I think they have a really high floor because uh, they have a bevy of options that um, these guys, like, oh, this guy's pretty competent. Oh, this guy's pretty good. You got Natani Moody, who's been flashing in camp. A lot of people thought he was a top 50 talent if it wasn't for the injuries. Uh, Quinn Miners flashed like in crazy uh, last yeah, season, kind really of the did. senior bowl uh, standout. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. Went from bottom three to bottom 10 last year. Maybe should be at least a little bit better. Offer some competency. You're not paying them a lot. And uh, just some solidness at uh, Garrett Bowles there at left tackle. Uh, big question is right tackle. How does it all look together? Uh, we're going to find out. Either way, I think the offensive line will be will be better because you have Russell Wilson there. It's a double-edged sword because you know he can be greedy in the pocket, looking out those big explosive plays, looking to hold on. Sometimes that can lead to sacks or putting the ball in uh, harm's way, but you live with it, uh, you know, hunt those big plays. But offensive line, again, it's this Broncos team in general, I think has a really massive air bar for what the ceiling and the floor can be this year. Offensive line's a little bit different. I don't think the margin is that big. I think you're going to be pretty average as long as uh, Garrett Bowles uh, does not go down. There you go. Former Utah Ute, my guy, uh, along with Tim Patrick, of course, you know, yep. good lead in there with the receiving group. Um, I guess the biggest question mark is I, I, I have a lot of confidence that Cortland Sutton will be able to kind of adapt to, you know, DK Metcalf role and be that kind of lead guy. How do you see the second target uh, kind of working out for Russell Wilson? Uh, Tim Patrick has been pretty consistent, arguably the most consistent player outside of Sutton last year. Jerry Judy, of course, ultra talented. KJ Hamler, very talented, hasn't really been able to stay healthy. Who do you think kind of emerges from that group as to be Russell's second target? Ah, uh, man, this is total cop out, but I think Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy are going to be similar as far as impact. I would say Jerry Judy probably gets a higher volume of touches, but I would imagine Tim Patrick gets more impactful touches just where these guys are going to be working. Uh, my biggest question mark with this wide receiver room is where these guys are going to line on the field because in this uh, wide zone scheme, which we're seeing with Sean McVay, which we've seen with Nathaniel Hackett, that slot uh, is almost like a Z tight end. Uh, so yeah. to speak, where there is a lot of blocking emphasis on that guy. You know, people see Cooper cup and they think, Oh, Wes Welker, you know, a small little shifty guy. Cooper cup is like six two, two ten, yeah. and out there like digging out linebackers. That's not Jerry Judy. Um, so I'm really curious to see what the uh, the alignment and the usage of these wide receivers is going to be. Obviously, they're going to see a little bit of movement here and there. You also have two tight ends that are a little bit more of those move pieces in Albert Okwebenam and the 80th overall draft pick well this done. last well draft. Thank, I mean, got to get it there. But uh, And also uh, Greg Dulcich uh, as well. So it will be interesting. I don't think this unit has a superstar per se. Uh, Cortland Sutton maybe could emerge that way. Jerry Judy, 
I think he's a very good number two in a lot of offenses. I think I'd be more interested in to see him in more of a quick pass, you know, Tom Brady style offense, but he's here and it is what it is. Um, and I think he's gonna have a great year. A lot of people burying him last year, but he suffered a high ankle sprain week one that uh, really impacts a guy like Jerry Judy, given how much his uh, quick twitch and separation matters for him. So um, as far as the second, pe- second target, again, I want to see what it looks like, but I think it's, it's a, really a coin flip between uh, the likes of Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. So um, very curious to see there. I will say Tim Patrick, fantastic run blocker at Utah. Yes. So uh, that should you know kind of be the expectation there, I guess. Uh, shifting over to the defensive side of things. Uh, you know, I think I always like to start with the pass rush. Of course, you're you're talking about a free agent acquisition in Randy Gregory, and then you draft Nick Bonito, who I was a big fan of. Was hoping the Chargers be able to kind of scoop him up at some point. Um, and still, you have Bradley Chubb, although he hasn't necessarily been healthy. What are the expectations from the edge rusher group? Uh, scheme kind of similar, very outside linebacker heavy group. But uh, what are you expecting to see from that group? I'm expecting to see more five-man pressures this year, a little bit more of what we saw at the Rams last year versus the Broncos looking to send less guys with Vic Fangio. Um, Under, uh, gosh, was it Raheem Morris? They were at the uh, Chargers there last year. They blitzed a good amount with five guys along the line of scrimmage, including the defensive line, kind of a 5-1-5 look uh, pretty often there with the Rams. So I'm expecting to be a little bit more aggressive. Some of that is because the Broncos will, in theory, have a better offense. I mean, let's take the in theory out of there. They'll have a better offense than they had last year with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Um, so they should have better opportunities to pin their ears back. Uh, some situations where the opposing teams feel a little bit more pressured uh, to be aggressive with the ball, with the seven step dropbacks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but this is the the opposite of the offensive line, in my opinion, where this is as boom or bust feast or famine as it gets, because Bradley Chubb has been on again, off again in his career. He suffered two ACL injuries to date. Uh, last year, he was going to try to play through an ankle uh ankle injury and he was not effective and a lot of pain and he came back after a surgery and zero sacks on the year not great uh, apparently he's been dominant in camp but that's always one of those things that's a zero-sum game because that means somebody on the offensive line is getting beat broncos right. have had injuries at right tackle so i guess we'll find out once we have uh the combined uh, practices and uh preseason games but for now it does sound like uh there's a lot of excitement about uh bradley chubb this season and uh, randy gregory starting the year off on the pup list a little bit apprehensive on that but uh Excited about the depth of this unit as well. I mean, Randy Gregory, I don't know how much you've uh, watched him in college or whatnot, but a lot of people thought, you know, top 10, top 15 tools um, had the right. enjoyed the Mary Jane a little bit uh, that caused him to miss some <laughs> uh, a fair amount of games, um, but yeah. really, really incredibly talented uh, tool, toolsy player. And the Broncos have a lot of pass rushing speed depth uh, as the pass rushers as well. Uh, Baron Browning's officially moving to the edge full time after flashing, um, a lot at the off ball uh, stack linebacker position last year. And yeah. I actually liked him at edge more uh, coming out of Ohio state than at uh, the linebacker spot. I thought he was better when I uh, didn't have to process and think as much, just be a freak athlete. I mean, he actually is bigger, faster, stronger testing wise than Nick Benito. Um, so we'll be excited to see what he does this year. Nick Benito, um, again, another finesse guy I'm guessing going to be a designated pass rusher this season. And uh, Jonathan Cooper looked to be a really good uh, depth piece last year. So this, this room has a lot of depth. I would say that the, Edge setting ability is a big question mark for me because a lot of these guys are more of the speed, lighter, finesse players. Maybe not as much of an issue if you're trying to rush with five guys instead of four with the gap and a half versus one gap. Uh, But uh, definitely a high ceiling if Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, deliver. But if those two guys go out, it's just a bunch of question marks. Any chance Browning plays kind of a hybrid role or is it full edge 100% of the time? 
I mean, it's going to be a hybrid role, so to speak, because I think they're going to drop those edge guys into coverage somewhat sure. and do a lot of uh, simulated pressures, um, which is, you know, all the rage saw a lot from Georgia uh, this last year as well. Um, but it's uh, in that ability to do that. I mean, you, what you guys just brought in Kyle Van Noy, who's he's, yeah. he lines up an edge, but he's drops from edge as much as he rushes. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you could see some of that there, but uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be, again, like I said, a lot of uh, simulated pressures with, uh, with their front, I believe this season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, will ask you one more player question here and then yeah. we'll kind of get into, you know, your expectations on the season, but uh, how good can Patrick Sertan get this season after having a full off season in the NFL, in your opinion? Man, it's the, it's hard with cornerback because, I mean, you follow the data, I'm sure, as well. Cornerback uh, is one of the most volatile positions year to year because so much of it is dependent on health. And if Patrick Sertan, God, knock on wood, suffers just, you know, a turf toe or a slight hamstring injury, his form dropping from 100% to 90% could drop him a lot on the field because there's just such a small margin right. for error. It's one of the reasons that when you see a quarterback hit that, like, 30 years old, they can all be, like, go from awesome to, oh my gosh, get that guy off the field. Um, just the margins are so small. Right. Uh, that said, he's going to be 22 years old this year. Uh, I think they're going to play him a lot on the island. I'm really curious to see uh, what the alignment is with the cornerbacks, though, because while he's not Jalen Ramsey, although Jalen Ramsey, I think, has started to dip a bit as well. Um, they used him a lot in the slot last year. So is Sertan going to be, you know, island, you know, one guy on the field and roll coverage on the other side? They're going to use him in the slot? Uh, we'll find out. But uh, I think Sertan is an emerging uh, superstar player. Like I said, only 22 years old. Uh, just looks... He looks so big out there too. I think it might be just because he's wearing that number two just doesn't even look real yeah. uh, for the cornerback position. Um, but man, he, he looks like a, a special talent. I don't, I don't like to get too ahead of myself. I'm not, I don't really, my brand is not, you know, being the hype man, every single player on this team is the best in the league, but I really do think he has the chance to be, to uh, contend for the best cornerback in football over the next two to three years in the league. Yeah, you know, I think you're definitely talking about a player who after Ramsey kind of starts to decline, that will be in that conversation to kind of be that next that next uh, torch carrier or torch bearer, I guess is the phrase. But, uh, man, he was he was so good last year in the two Insane. games against the Chargers. He was just a dominant player. So um, I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, all right, we'll get you out of here on this. I think obviously the AFC West has so many question marks this year. Lots of moving parts. You know, Chargers had a ton of free agent acquisitions, trades. Uh, Broncos, of course, have our new coaching staff quarterback. Raiders have Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. Chiefs moving off of Tyreek Hill away from Tyron Matthew. How do you see the Broncos ultimately fitting in the AFC West? I know you're talking about uh, wanting to see it first and foremost. And I think all of us are kind of feeling that same way. But uh, give me kind of a ceiling and floor conversation about the Broncos in your opinion this year. Man, who, the AFC West in general, it might just come down to who's the most healthy at the end of the year. I think on paper, you'd probably slot it Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, in my opinion. I think that's how the how Vegas uh, slots it as well. But again, if you know Russell Wilson, if they kind of got things got stale uh, there at the end between him and Pete Carroll and whatnot, and he reemerges himself as a top five quarterback if the edge rushers can stay healthy if uh broncos first time defensive coordinator as you evero is you know not totally over his head as a defensive coordinator you're talking about a team that probably contending for the afc west you know 12 wins it's still a tough schedule but that's like i think the ceiling probably about 12 the floor i'd probably put them at about eight or nine which is you know right around 500 again uh if 
we talked about two of these guys already, but if like Russell Wilson misses time, throw it out the window. I mean, who knows what the hell the schedule right. looks like, uh, the record looks like then. If Patrick Sertain goes down, um, he is the the backbone of what the defense is going to look like this year in Denver. Uh, so if he goes down, I mean, you're talking about a defense that right now on paper looks probably about league average. I think Mike Clay had them ranked at 18th. If he goes down, you're talking about probably a bottom 10 defense. Um, unfortunately, just a lot of question marks there, especially with the young defensive coordinator. You don't see many of the super young guys uh, get it right out of the bat with the defensive coordinator spot. So uh, definitely a lot of question marks and uh, probably one of the most volatile teams as far as ceiling and floor in the league this season. Yeah, I think we all feel that same conversation, right? And I think, you know, I, I, I don't know how Chiefs fans feel. You know, we'll see in, a, in a, next week when I interview one, but um I think the rest of us, I feel like as good about our chances this year as any, while the Chiefs are kind of retooling a little bit. So I, mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited that training camp is officially starting tomorrow. And uh, Nick, can't thank you, to, can't thank you enough to, for uh, joining me tonight. Chargers fans, be sure to uh, follow him for some great Broncos intel at Nick Kendall MHH on Twitter. You can check him out on the Mile High Huddle as well. Nick, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thanks so much. Go Broncos. Thank <laughs> you.